0: And go! Hi! Hi! It's been a hot minute since we've recorded. We got busy. Yeah. We got very busy. Well, because this is the first time we've recorded since we released an episode at all. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. And um, we've released four episodes so far. Mm-hmm. Which has been wild. Like, the response has truly been surreal.
1: Yeah. It's been incredible. I have just have been nonstop smiling the entire I- time since we released the first two episodes
0: i know me too and it's seriously we hit a thousand plays yesterday which is insane it's wild so we were going to record last night but we got too drunk celebrating (laughs) and it would have just been incoherent
1: yeah completely incoherent but um it's been so much fun like it's been such a ride and we're on episode six (laughs)
0: what i found the most like exciting and heartwarming was all of the wonderful responses we've had from women and yes. everybody messaging us and sending us um tweets and being like this is exactly what i needed to hear on a podcast like this makes me feel like i'm not crazy yeah and what's been even cooler is like the response that we've gotten to when we talked about the glass dildo in episode 2 mhm we know two people who have bought one <laughs> And other people tweeting about how it's cool to hear about that kind of sex positivity. And even one of my mom's best friends was listening and said that she thought that was so interesting and now she's looking into getting one. And yeah. like, that's
1: so cool. I think that's amazing because it's- like, I think also um, outside of uh, specifically sex positive podcasts or spaces, you don't hear about things like that. Mm-mm. And just like the honesty. And so that's what we want to foster with our, with this podcast is just kind of this environment of openness and vulnerability because it's not something we should be ashamed to talk about because it is just part of life. And um, it's so, it's such an important part of life for a lot of people. And so if we can make that conversation um, more open and warmer and, and, Easier for people, then I think that that's, that's what our that's what we want to do. And so the fact that we've had this response so early on, um, and we intend to continue with with that kind of content is is really heartwarming and it's amazing.
0: And it's so exciting. And I think Emily and I go back and forth struggling on whether or not, like how much we should share, mm. because sometimes we we worry that we're too much or that we don't want to just we don't want to turn people off with how open we are yeah but this is just a firm that we're gonna if you think that we've been off the rails thus far get ready yeah get ready because we've decided we're not filtering anymore because every single thing that we've gotten the best responses to have been the things that we've debated cutting
1: yeah mm-hmm. like
0: every single thing and so we're just gonna trust our gut more because
1: you know what we should Yeah, 100%. I always, I think that that's one of the biggest lessons that I feel like we've learned together in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you feel something, that is how you're feeling. And that is 100% valid. And you need to go with that. So your initial feeling is always usually the best. Always, usually.
0: (laughs) Always, usually. The best. Well, I mean, it's true because I feel like people worry like, oh, I'm just being ridiculous because I'm feeling this way. But like, if you're feeling that way, then it's true. Yeah. I mean, they kind of talk about that in this episode, weirdly. I'll get to it when we get there.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Billy
0: like has this conversation with, well, anyways, we'll talk about them when we get there,
1: but- Full circle. Full circle. Point being, we're so overwhelmed by the positive response. And if that's what everyone enjoys and- it's fostering that kind of conversation um around sex toys and sex positivity and all of that, then we'll definitely continue continue doing that.
0: Yeah. And if you decide that you wanna buy the glass dildo that we talked about, that we posted on our social medias, the Sex Files pod on Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr, um, then like can you if there's a little message area, can you tell them that you heard about it from <laughs> our podcast? Because we would love for them to sponsor us because I give them all my money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, please do that. And also um, Stevie and I, self-awareness. It's funny because neither of us um, are into penetration that much. We realize that a lot of what we've been promoting has been solely penetrative. I think it was just kind of waiting for the right moment because this toy that I'm about to introduce is um kind of revolutionary and kind of deserves its own oh my god yeah <laughs> its own um just title track you be celebrated
0: it should be a holiday
1: yeah one hundred percent so if you um are not super into penetration or um the glass still though didn't um entice you you were valid And I have a better recommendation for you for clit stimulation, which is called the Lilo Sona. That one is amazing, but I know from the company and also from a couple of women who have used that one that they say the um, basically it's a um, suction toy. So there's a little opening right at the top. And it basically stimulates oral sex or the feeling of it in a way. That one is great. If you are um, transitioning, the name is horrible, but the Womanizer has a very similar toy that has a little bit of a bigger opening um, that people have said that um, if they are um, transitioning on testosterone and they're experiencing growth in that area, Um, that that one is a little bit more comfortable for them. So that is also an option um, and very, very, very similar. Both of them are amazing.
0: They're both truly incredible. And like, here's the thing is that when when Emily and I first became friends, um, I think I was talking about how I thought that penetration just would never be for me, like ever. Mm-hmm. And that's so valid if it's not because penetration isn't what de- defines sex at all. And that's such a problematic no. viewpoint. But I was thinking about how I was like, well, it's always been painful and it's always been very – it's been triggering for me and for various reasons. And with the glass – no, not with the glass. And with the, with the Lilo, that was a great way for me to feel like I can um, re-empower myself with masturbation without needing Penetration or without needing like those
1: stereotypes like a like a rabbit or like a full on dildo you know what I mean. Sex of any kind, partnered or solo, multiple partners, whatever it is, is meant is supposed to make you feel good. Ultimately, just all around. and however that manifests itself, um, before, during, after, is one hundred percent valid. And um, I think to CV we were talking about how because I know Stevie and I had talked before about how it was really hard for um, both of us at one point to kind of devote ourselves to that time with ourselves Mm -hmm. as we were with partners and when I told Stevie to like have foreplay with herself she was like this is the most revolutionary thing ever and we don't do that with ourselves because we uh we centralize it around something that happens with partners. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is such an integral part of sex in every form. And so why wouldn't we devote that same energy to ourselves as we do with other people?
0: Well, yeah, I think because people look at their intimate relationships with themselves as just um, something that you do to, like, get rid of a feeling or to, like, there's a kind of end point associated with it. Like, you just kind of, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say rub one out, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, that's it. Just kind yeah. of, like, get the job done or whatever. But um, – and that's definitely the headspace that I was in. Like, I had before – an exploration, but never in, never with the purpose of being kind to myself or exploring what I like. Like, it never – there was no consciousness associated with it. And then when mm-hmm. you talk to me about, like, oh, no, like, take your time and, like, light some fucking candles. Like, watch or yeah, read date. something and, like, date yourself and, like, having foreplay with yeah. yourself and treating it with as much um, – significance and weight as you would with partnered sex totally just like revolutionized how I looked at masturbation and yeah I had always thought because I have I had some sexual trauma that penetration wouldn't be for me like ever and that was just going to be something I had to accept that was something that always was painful always was triggering and never was enjoyable at all and so because penetration was what I looked at as like the threshold of what sex was
1: it Um, (laughs) here I am going off sounding like a donut and then you come in, I hype you up and then you just hijack everything I said word for word. We paused for a
0: second. I'm going to leave this in. We paused for a second because I was like (laughs) losing the thread and Emily was like, just say that like this, this, and this. And I just totally took what she said (laughs) word for word with the whole threshold shit. But it's true. (laughs) <laughs> no but it's true though because I really no, did look at it like that like, yeah. like penetration was what defined sex and anything else is like less than in some way and so the Lilo was the first thing that I bought and it totally changed my perspective and that like that can be that that is just as valid as working with penetration and then it, and I ended up being able to make penetration work for me but you don't have to like And and I think we talked a lot – sorry. I think we talked a lot about that and that I was, like, very fixated on making this work. And you were like, you don't have to. Like, it's not at all – it's not as important as you're making it. And that was just my personal vendetta because I felt like it was something that had been taken away from me. So it made me want it all the more. But that's not necessary in any way, shape, or form. Uh,
1: Another plug for the Knox shop.
0: All of these things you can get at the Knox shop.
1: I When I was looking for – My first dildo. I emailed them and I was like, um, you know, what would be best, and and they responded and gave me a couple of recommendations. And then right at the end, the person who I was uh, emailing said, all of these are pretty good starters. And if none of them work and um, you don't like any of them, like that's okay too. Penetration isn't for everyone, and that is one hundred percent okay. And yeah, and and it is because I think. It's so upsetting to me because I find that um, because of the narrative and because of the importance and the centralization that we place around penetration, that women who experience um, any kind of uh, like endometriosis Mm. or vaginismus or any type of similar um, situation, they feel like they're made to feel like they're broken and they're not at all. Like sex is me- is meant to make you feel pleasure in some way, whatever form that manifests itself. And I think too, the issue is is that people will accept that, and then they say, if we're talking in terms of heterosexual, like just say a heterosexual relationship, mm-hmm. so they'll say, like, well, then how can I be in a relationship with a with a man? And it forces you to take the narrative. Of sex away from penetration and literally focus it on, on dual pleasure. Yes, which is what That's it is. That's literally all it is. I'm thinking of one woman specifically um, that I follow. Her name is Laura, on Instagram. We can look up the account and post it later. She, um, yeah, she works. She worked worked for Buzzfeed for a while, and she has endometriosis, and um, it makes penetration impossible for her and um she has a boyfriend and people constantly ask her how um how how she is in a relationship with a man and how their sex life is and all of that it's 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 frustrating for me we talk about this often about how it's very sad to see how lacking a lot of women are in recognizing that they don't owe anyone anything It's sad to see women conform to things and standards and and practices that they aren't even comfortable with because they feel it's something they have to do. And this is going off in like a whole other direction, but Mm -hmm. like Laura, because she is so unapologetic about how she views sex and gets angry when people tell her, um, well, how do you have sex? If you can't have sex, like people literally frame it around penetration and it's so not that, and it's like you open up your world to more, more pleasure. It's just better. When you
0: start, when you stop limiting, when you stop defining sex as solely penetration based, you're just opening up your world to more pleasure and more
1: pleasurable experiences. Like it's just better. Yeah. Well, it also just invalidates every non-heterosexual relationship. Oh, exactly. Uh, mainly female heterosexual relationships or female non-heterosexual relationships. No, yeah. Um, oh, yeah nice. It
0: makes perfect sense. It, it's a whole fucking thing about people asking women who are in women women relationships, like, well, how do you have sex? Like, or who's has exactly.
1: like, man, like that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. where Everything's so heteronormative. It's like phal- phallic supremacy. Yes,
0: literally. It's just such a phallic fixation and it's unhealthy. Um, It's also like low-key dangerous to only describe sex as penetration because then people aren't considering other intimacies as sex and they're engaging in them without that kind of awareness and preparation that you need to if you're going to be going into any kind of partnered sex like i've only been with men so i know my experiences is is limited but i know when i was young like i had a whole thing about i didn't want to lose my virginity until i was like 17 because that's when my mom said she lost her virginity and i I felt like that was like the right thing to which wasn't even true um (laughs) but um And so I was like really waiting on having penetrative sex, but I was doing everything else from way too early of an age without realizing how that was affecting me because I was like, oh, well, this isn't sex, so I don't need to go through and like prepare or um, have any kind of conversations or even use protection in any way. That was so detrimental to just my fucking psyche at that age and like whatever and like how I was dealing with the sexual relationships. But – and so like if you introduce – all of those things as a part of sex then there will be I was gonna say then there will be a proper amount of weight around it not that they're but I'm not saying that sex has to be some important thing that's like sacred like that you're because you can have sex with whoever the fuck you want anytime you want like that's so valid but you know what I mean yeah.
1: well I mean always I mean sex comes with responsibility
0: yeah that that's what I mean
1: particularly with partners because you're involving one or more people other people into a situation it's like penetration is the main course and everything else are just like little tiny appetizers. Yes. And so it also takes away the fact that like there could be violation happening yes, and yes, non-consensual yes. things happening um, aside, from, um, if you're, aside from if penetration is involved and you know, whoever is, is violated might not feel that it's their place to say something because, oh, it wasn't really sex. It wasn't- yes which is also very dangerous.
0: Yes. And my assault when I was 15 did not include penetration. But I, So I yeah. didn't validate it as one sex at all to any yeah. type of non-consensual activity. And three, even when I first started talking about it in therapy, like years, years later, I lied at initially and said that it was because I felt mm. like my intense feelings mm. over it weren't valid because it didn't have to do with penetration. Yeah, somehow felt like that's more violating and more painful. And so I was saying that like, oh, well, like it made – like I was talking about it as if that happened because I felt like that was the only way to validate the intense reactions I was feeling. And then eventually got to the point where I could say that that's not what happened. But it's still difficult. Like I still struggle with invalidating that because of that.
1: If you feel like you um, have been violated, then you've been violated. Yes. like, And and I think that that, this speaks to – the broader conversation about how um, how much, so to speak, money there is to be made in uh, in dethroning women of their autonomy. <laughs> Ooh, go off! Like, sound like a donut, my fucking ass. <laughs> up until this point, I feel like I have, um, because the um, the less women recognize that their body is their own. The less control they feel that they have over their body, and ultimately the less control they feel they have over their emotions and what they're feeling. Taking that power and taking that autonomy away from girls and women um, encourages rationalization, encourages um, making excuses for other people, um, encourages seeing the good in other people more than prioritizing their own feelings. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that. But that goes into that broader conversation, basically, is what I'm saying, just about how much how much power there is in stripping women of their autonomy.
0: Yes. Like, it's so, that's so true. What a great way to word that. Um, yeah. The point of this was that we wanted to recommend the Lilo. <laughs> yeah. But then.
1: But then, but then.
0: Um, yeah. But no, that's great. I feel yeah. like I'm happy. We've been meaning to talk about that stuff for a while, and we it just kind of ended up on a tangent.
1: The conversation is so much bigger than obviously we can we can even touch
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you know dip our toes into. So it feels very overwhelming to talk about. But I am very passionate about it. So it's, right. it's hard to it's hard to focus um, a conversation around one thing. That's why mm-hmm. I feel I feel mm-hmm. silly because
0: no. It's so important, and we'll have endless opportunities to delve more into these things as they become relevant to the plot, which they do immensely. Yeah, very true. Because that's that's how we became friends. That's so true. So, that's the whole point. So, to get in, do you want to get into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. So, this is season one, episode six, called Shadow, and it's about none of the things we just discussed. So, (laughs) I mean...
1: um. No, I mean it's relevant. It's always relevant. It's, relevant. it's always relevant. Not maybe not in this episode as much as the other ones, but um, um, but a little bit. So, the episode opens
0: with the sound of a woman crying. When does the fucking show not open with the sound of a woman crying? I swear to God.
1: No, actually, yeah.
0: So, then the pa- camera pans around, and we see that um, we're in Howard Graves' office, right? And she's looking at pictures of him on the wall, and there's weirdly one of him and Bill Clinton. I don't know what the point of that was. Really? Yeah. It was so strange. Oh, my God. I don't know
1: what the point was. but um, we, we cannot start talking about Bill Clinton right now. No, we can't. <laughs> Monica <laughs> Lewinsky stan.
0: We love her she's our queen fuck yeah it. anyways um she has so this woman who's crying she's really cute 90s brett's in her hair and she's um i talk about her clothes a lot in my notes
1: yeah she's so cute she's so
0: cute and she's um packing all the pictures off the wall into a box and so then a woman comes into the office and she's like omg lauren i've been looking for you but um then it gets like all awkward and weird because she realize she's crying and she's like oh fuck um, <laughs> it's like that gift from 30 rock with um I think it's either Tina Fey or it's somebody comforting Tina Fey with a broom on the toilet. Like, they're there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. That's Jane. Um, <laughs> but then um, she asks um, if she needs anything. And she's like, well, it's been a couple weeks. And Lauren's like, well, I've never known anyone who's died before. And I've definitely never known anybody who's killed themselves. So that, so then we know that she's in Howard Gray's office who killed himself.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: the woman gives Lauren her paycheck and gives her a really awkward forehead-to-forehead hug. <laughs> 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 and um, to go
1: home it was so yeah.
0: strange that whole it, moment was so awkward
1: again it just speaks to I mean men writing these two women interacting
0: they're like yeah when we want to comfort about- each other they just like press their foreheads I mean yeah. that's a Chris Carter thing because that's all he fucking has Mulder and Scully do like maybe that's, that's his so fetish true. he's like
1: why won't anyone press their forehead to mine <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing I want to say about Jane is like I love how she's like girl it's been weeks I know. <laughs> And then she hands her a paycheck. She's like, "Girl, here's your bag. Go date yourself." Like, go home.
0: You're right. That's literally what she says. She's like, "Go." So I
1: kind of, yeah, I kind of stand Jane. I like Jane. I think we stand Jane too. Cuz she was like, "It's been weeks. Like, get over it. Here's money. Like, go do something kind for yourself. Oh, fuck this man that you're all bent yeah. out of over like literally not worth it." Right. She tells her to go like date
0: herself essentially. So Lauren's outfit is so cute. She has a green um what?
1: Read verbatim what you wrote down. I need a Lauren's outfit, green shit-flowered pants. So cute. Green shit-flowered pants?
0: This might be a little bit of a mess because I watched this episode a few days ago and I normally watch it the day that we record.
1: That's okay. It'll, oh. be, it'll be fun. So her
0: shit-flowered pants were beautiful, apparently. And she goes to leave, but then we see... Um, like some kind of plaque or like a ward thing, like move on, on its own on the desk. And she's like, what was that? And then she turns around and she goes, oh yeah, I want to take this. And then she leaves. Mm. cut to the bank she's depositing her check I assume Um, and then she's like at the ATM and two men come up behind her and grab her and you hear her screaming yep to be let go as it fades out and like I didn't remember this episode at all and was very startled by that like I forgot that that happened because that feeling of being out at night or at an ATM um, and like constantly watching over your shoulder is so visceral and scary Yeah, like that's so palpable I'm like way to play on every um, lone woman's
1: fears Jesus Christ Exactly, and also the reality is is that like, did she need to deposit the check at eleven p.m. at night when it's pitch black out in the middle of a not crowded area? No, but like, should she should have the right to if she fucking wants to? Is the one hundred percent? But from a writing perspective, Mm, yeah, like, I'm not. I'm taking the check. I'm going home, and I'm depositing the check in broad daylight.
0: Well, (laughs) I don't think that they realize because they made it. So here's the thing is that the writers made
1: this a part of some larger
0: conspiracy. Like, yeah. they're getting her because she's working at a company, blah, 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 blah. Not because she's just a woman in an ATM. When that does happen,
1: like, I well, don't think like-
0: conscious of the fact that that would be a concern. And so that we're not going to connect that to some big conspiracy like they do. Right. We're going to think that she was simply just attacked.
1: Well, it's also like, if you just go through this, like, line by line so to speak it's like okay we need her to be kidnapped so that we can have the two guys then you know what 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 ends up happening to the two guys but it's like they use uh traumatizing women as a means to drive the plot yes without that's consciously what that's what it boils down to without realizing that like because of course they couldn't have had her go deposit that in broad daylight when there were people walking on the street which is what a woman would have done yep so they had to have her um they had to have her ignore although they probably weren't even aware that women have this consciousness of constantly being aware of their surroundings they had to have her ignore that and go do it in the middle of of the night after her shift in order for the plot to to move forward and that's ultimately that's the show
0: that's the show is traumatizing women to move the plot
1: yeah especially one (laughs) especially one woman in particular starring Dana Scully
0: yep Mm -hmm.
1: you know that you know that vine where the guy is like doing the sitcom opening where it's like starring so, and, and, it's so. Just
0: him over and, over. and it's
1: just him over yeah. and over and over again, but like doing different, very sitcom-y things like yes. reading a newspaper and then swiveling around in their chair and smiling at the camera yeah. like as their name comes up. It's like <laughs> the X-Files opening should have been um, traumatizing women to drive the plot forward and then some fun sitcom song comes on and it's just starring Dana Scully. I- introducing Dana Scully. Featuring Dana Scully. <laughs> Also starring Dana Scully. Special guest appearance by Dana Scully.
0: <laughs> no, literally though. So cut to two hours later and two people are walking down what looks like the same alley that um, Lauren was depositing her check-in. Um, they're trying to get up the fire escape and as they're trying to pull down the ladder, the two male bodies come down and they scream and run away. So they're dead. And so we don't know what happened to her, but we know that the men are dead. Cut to our baby angels in a naval hospital in Maryland. They're going into a morgue where the two bodies are. And then there are two agents and a doctor in there waiting for them. And they're asking for their expertise
1: on um, this extreme phenomenon to assist them. Because they know they're good at it. And Scully is in the most fantastic purple suit I've ever seen in my life. He looks so cute. This is like her peak, peak um, baby years
0: oh they are she's such a baby in these episodes yeah,
1: and i don't know who the fuck is
0: talking about how bad the clothes were in season one like i love every one of her suits that she's worn
1: i'm obsessed with every single one of her suits the only time i think she's ever worn something that i don't like is when, when she's Jillian pregnant. is pregnant yeah. yeah because they tried to hide, hide her bump by just giving her clothes that she's drowning in
0: yeah and it looks awful Anyways. like we talked about that in the first episode i think
1: yeah we did but that's true. That's the only time that I don't like her outfits. I don't think. I don't think there are any other outfits that I don't like. Yeah. I, I'm trying to recall outfits, and I, for some reason, I'm just picturing the white tank top that she's in when she's of all you sweaty, are. And her is all curly, and I don't know why. You don't know. There's a look inside my brain. Yeah, isn't that so weird? It's, it's so like.
0: Funny.
1: You would think. You would think I would like want to marry her or something. It's so weird.
0: So weird. <laughs> so uh, bizarre.
1: So then um, these other people
0: in there, they're not FBI that are helping them, and, um, but they don't answer anything that like Mulder Scully asked them. So the doctor shows Mulder and Scully the bodies that have abnormal post-mortem muscle reflex, so they're like twitching and all fucking weird-like, and um, both bodies have been exposed to high levels of electrostatic charge. Um, I wrote in all caps, Mulder's Fucking Glasses because the one where he's like looking at the paper and he looks up is maybe my favorite still of him ever
1: yeah i, I think i, I showed have, you that before you went to bed last night for no reason at all yeah you did <laughs> um i i wrote the glasses holy fuck me <laughs> holy fuck me yes <laughs> um also the twitch that the bodies are experiencing um molder's like that's what happens when i'm around scully too so it's okay. <laughs>
0: So Scully, being the smart scientist she is, asks if there's any signs of external lesions or surface burns, and the doctor's like, "No." And then Mulder asks the time of death, and the agents are all
1: weird and quiet. Like these people really just got hired to stare at them. I was, like- and I was thinking like, we have a woman pathologist, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, a black man, and then a woman of color. So like, yay for that. And then but they of don't course- speak. The two of them have nothing to say. Nothing to say. It's so frustrating. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, where was I? um and so then they don't respond to the time of death and scully's like well it can't be long the bodies are still warm and i wrote gross because you know i hate yeah. the word warm it makes me think of farts <laughs> <laughs> ew. or like it makes me think of like
1: you know when you would go into class and the seat is warm from the person ew. who was there before wow. it's gross right i don't like the word yeah i don't like that either now you've ruined it for me Anyways, Ooh. the doctor says that they died sometime over six hours ago. But their
0: um Scully's like, But their body times haven't gone lower than ninety-eight point three degrees. And Mulder asks where they found the bodies and they're like, Dee, crickets. Um so Mulder gets all frustrated and is like, Well, tell us how you transported them so we can try to figure out why the bodies haven't cooled. And th- and then he's like, Hey, you called us down here. And Scully's all like, Ooh, he's mad, and she loves it. Um and then she loves it so, much, so much. That the doctor highlights that the inside of the victim's throats have been completely crushed, but it seems like it was done from the inside because there's no external lesions. So they're asking if they've ever seen anything like this. And Mulder says, um, no, they haven't seen anything like this, and they're like, Okay, bye, don't tell anybody about this. Um, and Scully, when they're in the hallway, is like, You lied. Like you have seen it before, I can tell. And he's like, No, I wish willfully participated in a campaign against misinformation, blah, 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 semantics, and Scully finds it hot.
1: Um Yeah, I mean She's not alone. Yeah. No, me either. It is hot. Why are liars hot? (laughs) They're not. It's just the fact that he was smart enough to... The bar is so low. The (laughs) fact that he is smart (laughs) enough to... (laughs) To... But then I was like, this is definitely him taking a page out of Scully's book. Because in the last... Or one of the last episodes, we talked about how she's so smart to pull him away from what's happening, mm-hmm. to pull him out of. I think it was Jersey Devil. So the last yeah. episode, we talk about how it was so smart of Scully to be like, "Come on, Mulder, let's just go," because then he doesn't give away, he doesn't show all of his cards, and then get himself in trouble. So he learned that from her. That's what I I I think that I think so. Yeah. Oh, like, I, I think love he that. Took that yeah, I, yeah. That's cool.
0: Okay, so he
1: says that
0: he has cases like this in the x files but um none of them all combined in one case so like there's been elements but not all concentrated and then she's like well how the fuck were their throats crushed she doesn't she doesn't say the fuck but and then he whispers psychokinetic manipulation all close to her face in a dark hallway and like all i have to say is like how kinky um yes seriously she laughs which is cute but he's really serious and he brings up like russians of course and she's like fuck why do you have to ruin everything so then they stand so close in the elevator and the tension is high. And then he fucking wraps his goddamn arm around her and breathes on his glasses to show that he took their fingerprints with, with no one looking. And I rewound this scene a few times to see if you can see him do it. And you can't, which is a bummer. Um,
1: I know. Like, I wish so- that they
0: would have like, included, or at least David would have like, at least looked like he yeah. was going to do that. Like There's no, you cannot see any hint of that at all.
1: Like I get well, that no one also, was supposed
0: to notice but like
1: but ooh. then like if you're watching and you're like not uh, not <laughs> totally with it that would make no sense. I know. Like you like if even if they just showed him like like focusing in on the finger on the the people's fingers and then a close up on his face that's literally all and mean. that was it yeah yeah whatever but it's like it's like ah yes the classic marking fingerprints on your own personal glasses yeah doesn't everybody do that like yeah, normal fbi practice yeah yeah 100 but anyways the
0: point was is that they really want to kiss and then they don't
1: scully really wants to kiss him God. It's
0: like could you imagine
1: young them just making out in the elevator yeah i have multiple times oh, okay <laughs> So, yes, I can imagine it.
0: So then Lauren comes back in another cute-ass dress. I'm a big fan. Lauren's an icon. Um, and she looks like she's okay, considering she was just fucking attacked. Mm-hmm. And so she comes into work and requests a meeting with the new boss, and the lady's like, not till tomorrow. And then Lauren gets frustrated, and a cup of coffee falls and spills on its
1: own. And it's like, ooh, spooky. Um, and then <sighs> the coffee spills, and like the secretary sounds like she's having an orgasm.
0: I literally, like, my next line was the second secretary starts moaning like she's having a goddamn orgasm.
1: Actually, like, she is at her peak. And I was like, lady. <laughs> rein it in.
0: What are you doing?
1: I just wrote, so that's kind of cool.
0: <laughs> Good for her. You know what? Fuck it. Let it out.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but then I kind of hate, I hate that she, ugh. This scene plays on oh, yeah. like so many tropes for women. Oh, yeah. Like I hate this pretty girl and the boss, like who used to let her get away with stuff. I and like know. this old secretary who tries to make her feel like her life is like, like she's being difficult. Like, and I just want to say um, to watching this again has made me realize all these little subtleties mm-hmm. and it goes back to trusting your gut. Like that is wrong. Yes. Like, women do not have to hate each other like that no. and also this and it also plays on like this this trope of like an older woman being a secretary and hating her life
0: and hating her life and hating the young pretty girl
1: exactly and the young
0: pretty girl's stupid and not good at her job and just gets where she is because she's pretty and young and the boss likes her. yes
1: exactly yeah. Like,
0: why can't they come together and her be like, Yeah, I'm really sad that the boss died? And she's like, I know it's hard. Yeah. And she's like, This boss makes me uncomfortable. And they can like be together in that. Like, fuck.
1: exactly. Exactly. Anyway. And uh, the thing that bothers me the most is that she's trying to make it seem like Lauren is being difficult. No. When it's like, That's how, like, no, women asking for what you want and asking for what you need does not make you difficult. Yes,
0: exactly. Exactly. Like, anyways. So it. then, um, the secretary has an orgasm and the new boss comes out and is like is there a problem here and then he invites lauren in to talk and she seems very nervous and uneasy and he says um and she says that she's there to give her two weeks notice and he's all condescending and is like i heard you crying in howard's office and he's like i want you to know yeah. you're not alone but like major creepy vibes like we know what's coming we know it's about I, to get weird
1: yeah 100 percent. and i also fucking hate jane for being a little snitch why did she have to tell him that she I know, was crying Jane, we loved you I know. Then that really made me angry. Maybe fuck Jane. No, fuck the writers.
0: Jane is just a conduit.
1: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. I'll whistle it just just because David Duchovny cannot, and I will whistle it because Because you're superior. (laughs) That was so good. Ready? I'm going to do do it. it. Julian Anderson can do it too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am David to come on, Duchovny do this. No, no, I can't do no. it. No.
1: Yes, you can. You did it in the beginning. You just have to take a deeper no, breath and you have to keep your lips you have to keep your lips um pursed. That was good bitch David Duchovny literally was spitting the whole okay, time right. he it was, was just better like, than
0: David Duchovny but not as good as Jillian and like that's apparently the space that I live in <laughs>
1: <laughs> can I can I put that in your tombstone yeah <laughs> not as bad as David Duchovny but not as good as Jillian Anderson
0: <laughs> See you? thank you so much <laughs> that is oh my god that's genius See my bio and everything oh my god I just picked up my phone and look what it was ready to send you <gasps>
1: oh god I would have killed you <laughs>
0: My phone just tried to send the picture of Jillian Anderson sleeping on her fucking couch that she posted yesterday.
1: The fact that I'm even able to do this right now is a miracle after seeing those pictures. Truly, we were, like, watching Stevie Nicks concert videos,
0: as you do. Very peaceful, enjoying watching her feel herself and be fucking awesome. <laughs> then all of a sudden, we get a notification, and Emily hit her leg so hard there were welts.
1: There was a handprint on her. A my literal line. handprint. Anyways. She's so beautiful. Are we gonna put that in our thread? The picture of my we should. She looks so happy and so healthy, and so like she is just. She's worked so hard her whole life. I know, and she's so successful and she's so talented, and I just I love women succeeding and I love it that it's her. I
0: love that she seems so happy and so healthy and like rested and just like confident like oh fucking go you like yes. Back to the plot. Back to the plot. Something the writers never said.
1: That this was a creepy-
0: good one. Thank you. Anyways, this creeping fucking boss gets all close to her and is like, I was like a brother to Howard and you were like a daughter to him. So of course, I feel very close to you. Ew, ew, ew.
1: Like what? <laughs>
0: Why is that the comparison that you're using to make you like want
1: to fuck her? If a man ever tells you or, or any boss, if your boss ever tells you you're like family, girl, mm-hmm. get out. Run-, run like you're on fire. <laughs> like seriously.
0: Yeah. And yep. then he assaults her. Yep. Yeah, he asks her to say, and he grabs her face and says he won't let her leave. And his watch yep. then suddenly tightens dramatically, making him let go. And she gets upset, understandably, and leaves. And
1: he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, you've got two you. weeks. <laughs> because the watch <laughs> thing freaked him out. I don't fucking know. Yep. Which is um, just, like, such a trope of, like, um, women need – I mean, we don't know at this point, but when we, we find out later that – She can't take care of herself. She has a protector, a male yeah. protector. And yeah. that's frustrating I never thought about it like that. That is frustrating. Yeah, that was it, that was like what the main thread that that was annoying because it was like the man assaults the woman or is thinking about it or is being inappropriate and then she sees her and then he sees her boyfriend come up next to her and stops.
0: Yes. Yes, that, literally that's, that's exactly
1: what it is. Yeah. To where
0: it's like men harassing women
1: in a bar and then she's like I have a boyfriend. And they're like I'm so sorry. Like what? Because men are afraid of other men, but that isn't. There's nothing that's enough to just make them respect women. He assaults her. Just, just girly things. <laughs> just girly things.
0: Um, so um, cut to the man. I'd like to father my children. Reading through the X files while Scully paces like a bad bitch and is looking at more files, like in the office space. Um, so the dead man seems to be connected to. And Emily's okay. judging me
1: so hard. So casual. Well.
0: The dead men seemed to be connected to an exiled extremist group and they connected to they connected it to Iran. Um, we love that mm-hmm. kind of casual bias. Of fucking course they did. And yep. then they realized that the body was found in Philly and so they talked to an officer So they go and they find the officer who found the body. And Mulder um, wanders off while Scully is talking to the cop and sees an older woman very skittishly taking her card from the ATM and, like, scurrying away. And that just made me really sad. So, anyways, they watch the footage from this ATM and they find footage of Lauren getting attacked. And um, they want to know why the Isfahan would be robbing somebody for 40 bucks, which, like, this shows that this was written by a man because that leads them to assume conspiracy rather than assuming that she was going to be raped by two men which is what i would assume seeing them be attacked like i wouldn't be like why would they attack her for 40 bucks it must be more than that i'd be like oh fuck they probably raped her like yeah, yeah. um so
1: whatever that irritated me and then they see what- well and it's also it's also like she was at an atm so that that uh that jump to conclusion makes that all the more sinister because it's like and revealing that it was men who wrote it Mm -hmm. because it's like they were at an atm so if it was money that they wanted they could have just held her at gunpoint or like something and and asked her to withdraw yeah that's the thing so like and it's scully who says that and i'm like she would realize Whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Whatever. So then they see what but, looks like. But then, but then it also feeds into the narrative of again, which we talked about last episode, of Scully acting and serving as nothing but a challenge, so that Mulder can then be proven right. Yes. Yes. Because like clearly they were not doing that to get $40 off of her but she just had to say that so, so that, that he could on, be like no I actually think it's this and then that's exactly. what ended up being right yep exactly so it's like aside from the fact that a woman would never say that it's also that added to it
0: mm-hmm.
1: yep. that role that she plays yeah. yep 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 so um
0: then they see what looks like a third person all blurred and ghosty in the background. So cut to another cute ass Lauren outfit. Um it looks like she's packing up to move. She I'm gonna make a collage of all of her outfits because I just think it's important. So cute. She's so cute. She's so cute. Um so it looks like she's packing up to move and she's like looking all longingly and sad at Howard's plaque and our baby agents arrive and ask if they can come in and ask a few questions. And Mulder pushes his way in, even though she's starting to say no, which I really did not like. Especially that. since she's now a victim. Especially since at, at this point, she's a victim, not a suspect. Yep. And so Scully um, smiles at her all sweet, and, which I thought was nice.
1: I want her and Scully to be girlfriends. <laughs> like, Scully literally sees her and, like, straightens up. And she I smiles know. so sweetly at her. And it's, like, the most precious thing ever. That's so cute. And it's, like, the way... That I made the same note. It's like, we have to ask, is this the best way to go about addressing a woman who clearly has gone through multiple traumatic things?
0: Yes. And like, like that's what I'm going to say in this next <laughs> moment because she like at, they ask if she's seen the men and she says no. And Scully's like, no, take your time. And she's like, no, I really haven't. And then they're like, no, you have. And show her a picture of the men grabbing her when she was being attacked. Exactly. That's so
1: traumatizing. And then it's also like, she said... Um, they're they're questioning her about like why she didn't file a report or why she didn't say anything. Yes, and it's like she said um, she didn't want because I didn't want to. I didn't want to go through having to file, like, or was it because she knew no one would believe her? Yeah, be, was it because something more psychological that women experience when they're assaulted um, is something that should be considered? Like, yep. Uh, yeah. I literally wrote like, I'm frustrated because the writers are like, yeah, women never want to file reports, So
0: let's just use that as a tool to make her seem more suspicious since they died. But like, i exactly. never considered why women don't want to file reports when they're attacked and that maybe you shouldn't use that as something you're deeming as an invalid excuse when it's incredibly valid to not want to file a report in a system that questions and invalidates and further traumatizes victims. Holy like, shit.
1: Yes. <sighs> it makes use- me mad. You just said that so perfectly. Well, I wrote it previously. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You still thought of it. So so then they show her that blurry fucking
0: image in in the back. And then she has a much more believable and shocked response to that than she does to the Mm -hmm. men. So they're like, oh, she didn't know that was there. Whatever.
1: I also just want to say, too, like, this is literally the beginning of a threesome. Like, after they show her the picture and they're, like, about to leave – She's, like, looking up at Mulder, like, through her, like, from under her lashes, and Scully's, like, about to just, like, literally start running circles, like, on her back, and then they just leave, and, like, what an opportunity she missed. I know, and Mulder gives her his number and is, like, well, that was it. That was what made me think it was the beginning of a threesome.
0: Well, um, when you can tell me, give me a call, and then they're all, like, they just stand there, like basking in their sexual tension for a hot second and then they all leave yeah <laughs>
1: yep
0: um so then their baby agents walk across the street and scully is like i don't think um she could have done that by herself overpowered two large men and Mulder doesn't either and okay whatever um so then they get was that. yeah so then they get in the car and all of a sudden it like goes fully hate wire and starts speeding backwards up into the street and that for some reason gave me so much anxiety watching like the yeah. the feeling of just like the car speeding backwards and not being able to stop it, like, really trigger – I don't know. I don't really like roller coasters that do that. It freaks me out.
1: No. And I've had dreams where, like, I'm pressing the the brake on my car and, like, it breaks but very slowly. And so, like, I end up hitting That's something. So stressful. Yeah, it's really stressful. So I did not like this scene at all. Yeah,
0: weird feeling. Um. So then – they get hit, luckily, just in the back of the car. And Mulder's like, "Are you okay? All oh, sweet." <laughs> like it was so sweet. And then, but that was a rough-looking accident. Yeah, it looked rough. Like that. Like
1: this shot of it. Like they did a good job with yes. the cars because
0: that looked intense. Um, and, and Scully's like,
1: just her one tendril of hair is out of place yeah i'm like
0: bitch you were just in a full-on wreck okay whatever um and then lauren was watching through the window the whole time so they get the car checked out and it seems like the car has evidence of extreme electrostatic charge just like the body is in the morgue and Mulder, with his tie undone and his messy hair
1: yep take your time take your time thank you
0: um so he looks really hot and i got derailed because he looks so hot so, Mulder starts talking about psychokinetic power within the X-Files, and he thinks that either Lauren has psychokinetic power and crashed the car, or it's a poltergeist. And Scully goes, they're here, all cute. You can take
1: it. your time now. I, I can't talk about it. I have nothing to say. She's so
0: cute. She's so cute. So, then she tries to reason with him, blah, 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 blah science. Um, okay okay i wrote this in all caps and i was like i need a minute like why 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 does he put that code on him in slow motion and why do they shoot her reaction like that like what are they asserting here i was fully overwhelmed there's dramatic music and it all slows down for a hot second and then just the episode continues and i was like
1: did i I extremist was gonna come on
0: (laughs) i know i was like did i take something like is my edible kicking in what's happening
1: can i ruin this moment for you
0: Fuck yeah
1: Again, this is this is the this is the dichotomy of oh, yeah.
0: Wait, let me just think about how hot he looked for a second before
1: you ruin it. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking of it too. I'm also thinking of her reaction, her little pursed lips. She's like, oof. Um. Okay, I'm ready. okay you ready? Yeah, I'm ready? So, on the one hand, he said, "Look how cute I am." You think I could be wrong? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, that one single shot was literally the physical embodiment of Mulder being pornified so, you know so to speak I'm saying so to speak a lot okay. as this male savior and this hero after Scully expresses her side of the argument being the necessary challenge to allow for Mulder's savior complex to emerge yeah do, do you know what I'm saying yeah he's like this coat over he's like I'm god not wrong. damn it god damn it He's like, yeah he's like you're cute and I'll listen to what you have to say but I'm not wrong well sorry no you're right you're fully you're correct god fuck whatever
0: yep okay so they're watching lauren and she's all pissed that they're trying to get rid of howard's parking space um again cute outfit she's my fashion icon so scully is looking into um how howard graves died and is grabbing Mulder's hand while he leans over her shoulder and leans his chin on her shoulder pad and like are you turned on yet because because Lauren is putting flowers at Howard's grave and then they talk to the weird graveyard man and he tells them that Howard's grave um he tells them that Howard Graves had a daughter who drowned and that his wife left him a year later and Mulder's like um wow if his daughter lived she'd be Lauren's age whatever everyone has daddy issues.
1: Can I just say that Jillian looks so fucking beautiful in sunlight? I know. Like that was that was my only note that's, for that. And then That's
0: the most important one
1: getting into just this bizarre familial attachment to his secretary
0: yeah it's 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 Um, hyper daddy issues and
1: it's it's just like this is where like that protector complex comes in Mm -hmm. and it's like he feels the need to protect in the form of like terrorizing her
0: like, it's not like, doing her any good. Like, I know he's protecting her life or whatever, but it's truly yeah. just torturing her more. And also, exactly. it, it's like a weird ownership of her. Like, why do they, yeah. like they own their daughters? We were just talking about this this morning.
1: Yeah, we saw um, a TikTok of this, these young kids, like, probably, like, in high school. And um, the girl's boyfriend was hugging her goodbye. And the dad was recording them the whole time from up on the um land the stair landing and the boyfriend like turned around and he was and saw the dad and the dad was like yep that's what i thought as the boy starts to run like literally run out the door
0: like so it's weird. like it's so unhealthy
1: <sighs> it's so unhealthy it's like, don't and touch this my property
0: is, is the energy and yeah so literally
1: literally and this is like actually the perfect Um, embodiment of this it's like why this man graves is like literally isolating her from her family because he's worried that because she's worried that he'll harm them yeah it's like literally again like even even from i made a note later but it's like even from the grave men are terrorizing women and manipulating women it's like
0: there Jesus is no rest. You can't escape. God. So then um we see Scully in her cute bedtime flannel and she's taking her field notes about how about Lauren and is talking about how she was estranged from all of her family and the strong relationship with Howard and she's like, Wow, probably think about her dad
1: and her fucking issues. <laughs> Aren't we all? So That's what I mean. Like they both have daddy issues. They should just date each other. Oh. No. Girls with daddy issues date each other. Cute, yeah. Jillian. <laughs> my point, in, my point in all of that was Jillian is Scully and I am Lauren and we should date.
0: Your clothes have very Lauren vibes. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, okay, okay. So back at the FBI office, they found what looked like a man in Lauren's house with her in um, Moldy's pictures, and it's Howard Graves. Dun dun dun. So Scully is like, he's alive. And Mulder's like, not necessarily. I'm like, what? Uh, annoying. Again, 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 again. It's like, oh my every God. time. It's really bad in the beginning seasons. It gets a, that yeah. bit is one of the few things that gets better as the show goes
1: on. And it's also like that, that coupled with the fact that it's like she asks so many questions in the first season. Yeah. And it's like, you are the most rational and capable and intelligent person in the room, always. Always. always like i know molder is tall but like he also eats evidence off of the floor like she needs to trust her instincts i
0: know molder is tall full but circle also eats evidence off the floor
1: full circle trust your gut actually like then i there was this tweet that someone made a while ago and it was like i have to find it keep going i'll find it because it was just scully so, cut to Lauren and her kitty
0: sleeping. She hears noises mm. downstairs. This episode is just playing on so many women's greatest fears, it seems. Yeah. That just seems to be, you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> traumatizing and women. I, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if this was, like, the episode where they were like, that was really good. We should do more of that because- Oh, fucking probably, actually. Playing on women's biggest fears is just the show. They're like, wow, that worked really well. Yeah. So
0: but of course, um, as Lauren is experiencing all these traumatic things, she's being
1: investigated rather than supported. Of course, it's like this is this is fiction. That's like where these things aren't supposed to happen.
0: Yes. Literally. That's where you can have the system supporting her and not um criminalizing her.
1: That's where you can do that. This is a larger conversation, but there is something about in sci fi that that um use as women's trauma as a linchpin and Mm -hmm. they excuse it by saying that like that's the plot like that is necessary to create a story when it's like it isn't it's just you are misogynistic and you're a man
0: yep that's That's it. it So she hears a man saying no over and over and she walks down the hallway with a baseball bat and he's saying, like, don't do this to me and she recognizes his voice as Howard's. And then I wrote, oh, I forgot about this scene. So she approaches the bathtub and sees a full bathtub with pooling blood in it from, one, from what looks like two specific slits in the water, but there's no body and that's so graphic. Even if there's no body, they made it very graphic.
1: Very graphic. They didn't need to and- show it coming from the wrist. Like it could have just oh. been blood in the water. That was a lot. It also seems like very high budget editing for this stage of the show. I know it did. Like, I don't know how they did that, but whatever. Like, maybe, maybe what's the word for like, um, uh, put it somewhere else. Like, take the money from there and put it somewhere else. Reallocating? Yeah. Maybe reallocate that money that you could use to make that very specific edit into hiring a female writer.
0: Ooh. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just a thought. Just a thought. Just a thought. thought. Just an idea. We can throw it out if you want. You will.
1: And like, is it, Lauren sounds like she's having an orgasm again. I know. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like women being in fear and sounding they, like. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like. And sounding as they would when they were like. In supposed to be immense pleasure. Peak pleasure. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. hmm That's a larger conversation. It's such a larger conversation, but also um, one that we can summarize right now. It's like, why, again, it's just the fact of, like, taking something that um, that plays on women's worst nightmares. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, the hijacking of women's pleasure just in a different way than society already does. Yeah. And, and taking it away from them. Mm-hmm and making it for somebody else and not for them yep this episode was good i know Remember we're really we coming were... full circle a I lot we
0: are a lot like everything's kind of tying together which is funny because we were just talking about how there's nothing to talk about in this episode
1: yeah we found that's it so wow um ladies your pleasure is yours that's the moral of this maybe that'll be the name of this yeah. episode it should be I am I'm, I'm partial to Scully gets a girlfriend but I I would substitute oh. it for that. Oh, I no, I would substitute it for that. Okay, we can do something about it. Okay. Um
0: but she determines essentially that through this uh he didn't kill himself and that he was killed. So. Mm-hmm. Cuts to Baby Bees and what? Baby Bees. Who's Baby Bees? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do I have? I wrote I, don't know. I wrote cut to Baby Bee and Scully. Cut to um our little babies and scully is sure that he faked his death and that um the company is into something and she's half right um mm-hmm. then Mulder's like maybe you're right and she's like wait you think i'm right and i'm like she hmm. makes me sad no
1: you need to think that you're right i know you need scully. to know that you're right yeah. Not Just think
0: no. Um, yeah. and then he's like, yeah, all you have to do is prove that Howard Graves is still alive. Cut to a corner saying, Howard Graves is very, very dead. Like, lol, Scully's wrong. I'm not laughing at all. That's not funny. That wasn't funny at all. At all.
1: But I also, also,
0: I love this actress. She comes back a lot. Like, she's in Pusher as well, and maybe even another episode.
1: I like her too. She's in but Dwayne it Barry. An- Sorry. It, it annoys me because it's like kind of a trope on like the angry black woman. Oh. Which I yeah, hate. because every time like, you
0: cast her in a character, she's always this like angry woman in charge. And like Yay and, being in charge, but not good for being the one that's invalidated
1: because she's angry and in charge. Exactly. God. Every and time then, we
0: think we get something.
1: I know, I know. <laughs> and then like it's it's um she's fa- she's she's given that characterization because Mulder is being a smug asshole. Yeah. When like the woman is literally just trying to do her job. Do her job in Mulder's yeah. Isn't that the, also the theme of the fucking show women yeah. trying to do their job and Mulder
0: being a smug asshole yeah anyways um that, that so I really literally wrote me.
1: I just wrote Mulder is all smug that Harry because because every single non white man listening to this has been on the receiving end of that behavior yep like the the receiving end of just like this smug white man who mm-hmm like acts like he knows everything and like is just trying to like get you to say something that he already knows yep and it's like i'm literally just trying to do my job i know Please. literally Leave alone
0: so he's all smug that howard's actually dead and then they realize that the body was identified by lauren kite so they go to check the tissue samples of his donated organs um and wow the the actor playing the doctor talking about his organs is also in Piper Maru is, is also in the episode right after Piper Maru in season three. Like I just watched it. Wow. They reuse actors all the time in this show.
1: Well, probably because they were still, they were in Vancouver. So oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, I so that. I, I know
0: that. I do too. So then cut to Lauren's going away party. This outfit is a dunce and I was really disappointed about it. I know, me too. But she's about to leave, but stops in Howard's office for the last time before she goes. And then creepy new boss comes in and shuts and blocks the door, which makes me so anxious. Um, and then he threatens her, says that he knows that Howard told her about the involvement with the Ishvahan, I think. And then, in yeah. that if word gets out, he'll essentially have her killed like they did with Howard. And then um, she calls a very hot and pensive Mulder and asks him to come to her house quickly and then hangs up.
1: But the creepy man saw her make the call. Can There's- men leave women alone? Yep. Like no, apparently. The boss, like yes, lock her in the room and then stand blocking the door.
0: Fucking horrifying.
1: Like, horrifying. <sighs> she barely gets by him too. That that's what I mean. It's like I don't understand why. Like he's threatening to kill her. Mm-hmm. Why did? Do, why does that need to be augmented? is that, a, is that the? Right word? Why does that need to be coupled? Altered. Why does that need to be coupled with him also locking the door and also standing in front of it so she can't leave?
0: Because I don't think that it's the playing realize- on so many
1: fears. I like, I don't think, like, like thinks- him threatening her life is enough. Yes. Like, that is enough. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be, a, there doesn't need to be the addition of a very real thing that happens to women. Well, that's, like, that's the thing. what I mean. It, that's what I mean. It's like, this could have been this could have stayed with the threat of science fiction. He could have threatened to have her killed, like he had Howard Graves killed. He did not need to block the door and lock her in his office as her boss.
0: Yeah. Like well, that's the thing is I don't think the writers are conscious. Yes, I do. I don't think the writers are conscious of how compacted those putting I don't think the writers realize what an impact putting all of those things on top of each other has for female watchers like they yeah. don't they're not even conscious of it they're just like yeah yeah he would just do this like they don't they're not thinking about how extra traumatizing that is and how what an extra level of fear that provides and how that's not necessary to get the point across and that it's overkill exactly. Because exactly. it takes me out of the story because then I'm thinking about, wow, what the fuck, that's so scary, and I'm not in the story anymore.
1: I'm, it takes you so far out of the story. Yes, yeah, that's because it's such overkill. such a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. And it's
0: overkill. It's why you're not supposed to go overboard in, like, screenwriting and playwriting and all that shit. Like, there's there's a limit to where you don't want to over-traumatize your characters because it just takes audiences out. But they don't – they clearly don't get
1: that's, that. yeah. No. So um, – so Mulder is twirling the paperclip, and Mulder's twirling a paperclip. I- I'm going to ruin this again for you.
0: No. I'm sorry. We have one. I'm sorry. Okay, I have the glasses one from the beginning. Hold on to that.
1: That's true. Just the dichotomy of Mulder sitting there twirling a fucking paperclip and Scully doing work in the back.
0: Oh, yeah. Literally,
1: though. Like, <laughs> literal embodiment of how women have to do twice the work to reach the same endpoint as men. Seriously.
0: So then we go to uh, Lauren's house and she redeemed it in with the end with this outfit. Huge fan. She came through for me. Um, She's packing up her stuff really quickly and there's a knock at the door, but the door won't open. So like a supernatural poltergeist type thing where they're trying to stop it from opening. So two people break through anyways and tell her to run the bath and they pull out a knife, which is horrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all the lights go out. And as she's trying to fight off the people, um, they're killed by what seems like a ghost at this point. Uh, she's just kind of screeching as Mulder and Scully pull up and they run out and Mulder gets there first, of course,
1: and comes into Scully sleep. because Scully can't get her fucking seatbelt he undone. Off. I
0: know. Um, And so he sees a man floating midair and then he just falls. And as he hits the ground, Scully comes in, of course, which five that seconds later, a major trope. So cut to an interrogation room and Scully is saying, the sooner you talk to us, the sooner you get to go home. And God, I fucking wish these writers would highlight some sisterhood girl power camaraderie, but whatever. I guess she's doing her job. I wrote that not realizing what was about to happen at the end, Mm. in a few seconds. So maybe that's disregarded. But when Mulder sits, Mulder looks at her ass.
1: Mulder looks at At her her ass? ass. Scully's? Yeah. Yeah. Fully. When, wait. Say that when, again? When, when Scully sits, down, sits as, like, they're uh-huh. starting the
0: interrogation. He looks at her ass as she sits down.
1: Are you kidding me? No, I'll post a video. Oh, we'll find a video of it. Mulder was really making me angry. I was literally focusing on Scully this whole episode. I was probably also staring
0: <laughs> at you and Mulder.
1: You <laughs> peas in a pod. No, I don't want to
0: be. So, Lauren is clearly traumatized and won't talk. And Scully's asking questions, um, but she's not answering anything. So, Mulder gets up and... God, the first season is the fucking hottest. He doesn't need to he doesn't need to get as close to Lauren as he does when he asks her, um, who someone in the picture is, but like whatever. I wish he would be that close to me.
1: Um so then re-enter the two silent agents from the beginning. Can I can I just say can I just say anyone who knows who Jason Cander is, um, he was a um journalist, inter- journalist, I think, for uh, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah He's so smart um, But he's like a dad I mean he's not conventionally attractive This is where Stevie and I are at I just want to say Stevie has been feral About Mulder this entire episode And I want everyone to know That Jason Kander Was also among the men <laughs> Receiving this treatment The other night Why would
0: you call me out like this <laughs>
1: The wow. only difference is is that Mulder is physically attractive, but Jason Cander is like intellectually attractive. Intellectually and it makes attractive. Him hotter. Yeah. It makes him so hot. Well, here's
0: the thing. We were talking about it's not that fucking hard to be hot as a no. man. All you have to do is have a mild amount of respect for women, and my pants will be off. And that's it. That's it. Yep. God, it's so fucking simple. <laughs> We got it in. <laughs> We've got everything. Oh, we haven't had our law encounter in por- Hawk yet in. Okay. Let's keep going. We have to find his spot. Okay. okay. So, um. anyways, Mulder gets really close to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then the two fucking silent agents from the beginning hop in and are like, Scully, Mulder, meh, 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 you seriously compromised our Shit. Two-
1: <laughs> the two agents who think that they're in a 1920 silent film, <laughs> apparently... <laughs>
0: The two agents who think they're in a different genre of film
1: and time, period. fucking miming.
0: Whereas every time we see them, just like dramatic
1: jazz music comes on.
0: And it's, it's and that's like me. Mean.
1: And all their actions are sped up, but they're not even doing anything. They just stand there. They're just standing, so. There's like kind of breathing quickly.
0: <laughs> Anyways,
1: um, <laughs> they
0: they know that the company is, is involved with the Isfahan, and they've been investigating this for a long time. Whatever. Um. I don't like that the other male agent says, "Yeah, I can make her talk." Like, um, what the yep. fuck do you mean? Yeah, what the yep. fuck are you implying? I yep. did not like that. And then Mulder is like, I wouldn't get rough with her because ghostly Howard is going to kick their ass. But like, you shouldn't get rough with her anyways. You shouldn't That's what I with saying. Even if there isn't a ghost that's going to kill you, you just shouldn't. <laughs>
1: like, what? I said, maybe let's not get rough with any victim yeah, ever. Ever, at all. Not just because some man will hurt you. Like, maybe let's just treat female victims with respect, not just because a man is protecting her or responsible for her safety and you're afraid of him. Yeah. Like, maybe let's just, maybe let's just respect women. In. ah what a concept ah, <laughs> <I'm> like, jesus so <laughs> then the older the,
0: uh, oh god ah what a concept
1: anyway so let's just not get rough with any victim how about that
0: yeah ever how about that the other agents can't get anything out of her, so Mulder and Scully go back in, and Lauren is like, "No, I'm not talking." So Mulder's like, um, with his goddamn jacket over his goddamn shoulder again, is like, "Okay, well then you're free to go." And then she goes to leave, and she's like, "I can't go back to that house." And like, of course, she's a poor woman has been through so much in this yeah. short amount of time. And then Mulder is like, "Is Howard watching older over you?" And Scully's like, "Oh, good fucking god."
1: literally um
0: but then she talks about her relationship with howard graves and how they basically use their illegal partnership with them to save the company and like um another prime example of scully looking so intrigued while Mulder is in his own little fucking
1: world and 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 i just want to say too like it was so obvious jillian had no idea what to do with her hands i know it was so cute because she kind of like Brought one up really slowly, but then she like didn't know if she should touch her face or not, or like put her hand under her chin, and so it just kind of hung idly in space. She did
0: not know what to do with her hand. That's so precious. Um, But then. Lauren tells him that Howard is actually killed and then and then and then I love this part so Lauren says that it sounds so ridiculous and talking about Howard protecting her and Scully's like no but you believe it and Scully is crying and Lauren is crying and she says that she wants it all to stop and go away and Scully gets up and goes to her and is all sisterly and sweet and is like no that's not enough you've been given the chance to tell him again take it tell him you love him by showing him by helping us finish his unfinished business and she's like getting emotional as she says this and Mulder is like in awe of like what's happening here and it's just like i'm in awe of her compassion and validation and lauren's a great actress i love her and she goes to wash up and then Mulder is like what was that you don't why believe? did you do that Billy's so he's like yeah. "Mulder, there's no such thing as ghost or psychokinesis and i'm sure there's an explanation here but i believe that she believes and whoo I could cry. And, like, her noticing that because Lauren believes this is what's happening, that makes it real. Like, because she believes that it is real. And even if it wasn't happening, she believed that's what it was. And so, of course, that experience is real for her. And Scully fucking realizes that. And the validation is going to be the only way for her to get the actual help that she needs. And that's beautiful. And then Mulder gets mad like he has nothing to do with okay hold on give me a second so like this highlights the major difference between them because we were talking about in squeeze i think it was how scully responded to the question of like what side are you on and she says she's on the victim side yeah scully really wants to help this woman she really wants to stop this terrorist group that's her goal Mulder just wants proof of the supernatural elements that exist he just wants to see the ghosts and aliens that serve his own missions he's not focused on what's happening to the victims in the case he's literally bent out of shape because he's not going to get to witness spectral phenomenon not because he's actually helping yeah. this woman
1: yeah and also because um he's like well why haven't you believe me this whole time yeah it's scully oh he's like why have you been giving me such a hard time that's interesting because he said, like what what do you why did you do that? you don't believe that yeah. you don't believe in what I've been saying this entire time, right, which prompts Scully to say, I don't believe in that, I believe that she believes what what happened truly happened exactly like it, it's not about him, mm-hmm. yeah okay like, yeah, that's the that's the ticket <laughs> like what what you said it's about the fact that this woman is being traumatized it's about the victim yeah Mulder just wants to see a ghost yes literally like he he has no stake in in the emotional trauma the emotional like he there's nothing yeah so of course because so of course Scully's gonna weigh that and say if this woman is telling me all of this I'm going to believe her because she's experiencing it
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mulder just wants to see it for for Uh, confirmation bias like he just wants to see even though he already saw it yep he already saw what happened to the man who broke into lauren
0: exactly like you saw it can we just help her now jesus christ um so cut to uh sweet baby angel scully talking to a giant group of fbi men you go girl and they're searching the business to find evidence of the partnership with the isfahan and lauren has another great fucking outfit lots of great tops and high-waisted pants um they Mm -hmm. both check on her in a really sweet way which is cool uh scully comes in shouting orders and is this do you know that interview where she's talking about how is this that
1: part yeah i think so So i i always thought that this was the part so there's an interview with Jillian. we'll find it
0: or something i'll Mm -hmm. look for it um where she's talking about how she had to like yell orders at a group of men and how she was so terrified had no idea what she was doing and had to do the take a lot of times and i think this is that Mm mm-hmm anyways um i always i always thought that this was
1: it yeah she's like having a hard time holding her ground because she's young and this is scary yeah. and and the take that they ended up using she's good up until the very very end when the scene is over she's like Whew. i know you can see <laughs> her be like oh my god thank god. yeah but i mean that's
0: fitting for where scully is in her career at that point like, totally, it makes sense.
1: totally um scully so really and- julian anderson is just is just a stellar actor, and she meant to do that.
0: True. I mean, well, I, Julian Anderson being new parallels Scully a lot, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, they parallel each other where they're at position-wise, coming into a new workspace. Yeah. Um, so, they're searching and searching. They can't find anything, and G- Dorland, the mean boss man, is clearly very unbother- unbothered, and they're like, shit, we don't have him. So then Lauren yells at Dorland, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, you stupid bitch. And... Why is he allowed to say that but we can't see them kiss? That's such a good point. Why is, why is it when we want to see them have fucking sex at a family show all of a sudden, but when someone's calling a woman a stupid <laughs> bitch, that's allowed. <laughs> what the fuck? I hate it here.
1: <laughs> it's a family show until until um, until a man needs to project his misogyny and get his anger out. On an unsuspecting woman. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Lauren lunges for it's, him. It's a it's a family show until a man needs to blame a woman for every bad decision he's ever made in his life. Yeah, literally though. So then. Lauren
0: lunges for him, but the ghost pushes him away and shuts the door, and the lights start going boom, boom, and Scully runs back, <laughs> and Scully runs back but can't get in. So these pictures flying, and papers are swirling, and it's like a whole thing. And then a floating knife cuts a slit in the wall, revealing evidence that they've been looking for, and Scully comes in, and, and then Scully comes in, and it's a fucking mess, and they have what they need, and yay. Um, final cute Lauren outfit. There was only one dud. I think the percentage was great. Well done, costume department. Yeah, Lauren's leaving, and she says she'll come back to testify. And she says thanks genuinely, and then dips, which like fair. i get the fuck out of there. So
1: yeah, then our seriously. baby agents are
0: left alone. And then Mulder asks if she believes in an afterlife, and she says I'll settle for a life in this one, which makes me sad because her life gets hijacked by this journey, and it's like yep. that. Okay, I'm not gonna get into that. And then 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 she, he asks if she's ever seen the Liberty Bell, and she, because he's never seen it, and he's like I really want to go, and so. And they drive away together to go see the Liberty Bell. And, like, I don't know the significance of the Liberty fucking bell, but there's got to be a fic where they revisit that later together. And I want to read it because that's really cute and it's date night. Okay, so then flash forward to Lauren in her new life. And um, this last outfit is an old lady dress, but I'm, I'm low-key about it. So It's like an Elaine Bennis dress. Oh, it is an Elaine Bennis dress. And so then she, she, there's, like, rumbling and she thinks Howard is back, but it's just a train. So the moral of the story is the truth set her free and the end. What a journey! Yeah. I didn't think that would take the route that it did.
1: Me either, but it's like there are just so many tiny. That's that's how it is. It's just microaggressions that are pictures of a, or that are that are indications of a larger picture. Yep. That's what it is. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and I love how full circle this I came. I know
0: we like, brought everything back. That was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do Jillian Anderson's corner really quick? Let's do okay, it. Okay. Okay, I have one. I've been holding on to this for so long. I wanted to show you I for know. a week. I'm so excited. I've hyped it up too much. It's really not that big of a deal, but.
1: Okay, says you to the woman who literally slapped her own leg so hard over a picture of her sleeping. So,
0: I found a song. And by, and by me, I mean my old boss sent it to me because she thought of me. And it is okay. by a band called Taco Cat. Mm-hmm. And it's called Dana Catherine Scully. And I don't think I can play it on here because copyrights, but can you read some of the lyrics oh,
1: yeah. Let me look up the lyrics. oh my god
0: it's like loki a bop really yeah so it's, it's like there must be an explanation a logical way to find the constant paranormal is nothing that can't be defined because she's the only one thinking it through she's got the shoulder pads no nonsense attitude the truth is out there but so it lies to see a world through dana catherine scully's eyes
1: oh my god this is poetry I know it's like the
0: picture of composer she knows the facts that she won't pacify she wants to know what's out there but she needs to know why because she's the only one thinking it through she's got the perfect hair no nonsense attitude the truth is out there but so are the lies to see the world through Dana Catherine Scully's eyes
1: I love that so much I know that's amazing I'll play it for you when we're off okay that is so incredible is that so fun
0: I love that that exists. I love that that exists so much. Right? It's beautiful. I love that. That's my Julian Anderson's corner. Because okay, that's spe- going to be my new favorite song forever.
1: Speaking of Dana Scully, I found the tweet I was talking about earlier. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's, um, this is Dana Catherine Scully's inner monologue, I think. Okay. Um, about Mulder. Mm-hmm um do i like him or do i just need my dad to tell me he's proud of me (laughs) oh
0: my god isn't that always the question
1: and that's uh that's our girl that's our girl
0: that's our daddy issues plagued girl
1: but i love love her her for it it. oh
0: okay i think that was a really successful episode
1: i think so too yeah go us that was really good and we kind of managed to take we were worried because it was not really a jam-packed episode but, wow, was it jam-packed with, uh, with problems?
0: I know. I didn't, like, I wasn't consciously aware of them until I started reading back the plot notes. Yeah.
1: And also, I will say the one silver lining was that moment between Scully and Lauren at the end. Truly, I really like that. That really
0: made it for me because I love that scene.
1: Like, I believe because what it, I believe because she believes is so powerful. I
0: know. Someone and just on a so t-shirt.
1: transcendental beyond the show
0: yeah, that oh, really, like, face. that was a very unconsciously progressive line.
1: 100%. It wasn't on purpose, but it's okay. we will take it. These are the crumbs we're taking. For all we know, the writers did it because they were like, this is a take it, her not believing Mulder, but her believing another woman.
0: They're like, what a bitch. And we're like,
1: yes, queen. Yeah, which is which is accurate yep. to um, how women are um characterized by men and by women yep 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 well we did it we did it that's it that's it episode six <laughs> done
0: what's episode seven is that ghost in the machine
1: i think so and then ice. and then
0: ice. ice 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 baby oh my god i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry keep that in no <laughs> yeah it's <that's> funny <laughs> okay um well, thank all right. you so much for listening and truly thank you for all the support that we've received over this past yeah. like a week and a half. It's been absolutely incredible and we've just been like screaming on the phone about it for so long because we can't believe people are really listening and that you guys are like out there
1: and we love you so much. Like yeah. so much. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We love you a lot. And we can't believe I'm just happy that people are enjoying it. I Every know. time someone finds something that we say funny or puts a smile on their face, or it makes them feel less alone. Um, it makes me, I just smile from cheek to cheek and my cheeks yeah. hurt. I'm smiling so much. Literally but also, same. Just remember the, this is truly consciousness raising is how women progress truly just coming together and talking about all the things you're told not to talk about yeah and Gloria Steinem because I will bring her up every chance I get good um got into her the feminist movement because she said the more I started talking to women the more I started talking about my experiences with other women's experiences I realized that it was a system that was crazy not me and that is true that's so powerful and that's it that's it Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening to um, The Sex Files. The Sex
0: Files. And we'll see you next time. Bye.